Grace Family Church of Rhode Island presents Word of Hope, a sermon series with Pastor Luciano Cozzi. We are like clay, static, unrecognizable, nothing. A formless mass with no direction, no purpose, no meaning. We are like clay, pliable, movable, moldable. In the hands of the Creator, we can be changed made beautiful, given life. Nothing becomes something extraordinary. The transformation takes time. The process is tedious, difficult, painstaking. But soon we see the beginnings of something wonderful. The formless takes shape. The unrecognizable finds its identity. The meaningless is given purpose. From nothing comes beauty. We are like clay, each piece different than the next, given unlimited potential in the hands of the potter. Good morning, brethren. Recently, I had the opportunity to speak with a relative who lost her mother. And she's having a great deal of difficulty finding peace with that. It's been now a, a number of months since the death of her mother, but she hasn't quite come to grips with that, and she has not been able to find the peace that she really needs. And as I was talking with her, I found that for us who, who have hope, for us who understand God's plan, who understand the gospel, it would be selfish to hold that peace just for ourselves. It is a peace that needs to be shared. It is a hope that needs to be shared. Our life, the quality of life, really depends on that message, on the gospel. It is the most important message of all, and yet most people don't seem to want to talk about it. They seem to want to hide their heads in the sands of the temporary, of the temporal, of the here and now, and ignore the glory of God, what God has given to us, and of the permanent, of the eternal that God has made available to us. But then that temporary betrays us. Even in the very best of cases, it eventually runs out, it ends, and it leaves us with the erroneous idea that all is finished just like that, with no purpose at all. This perspective is definitely dark and sad, but it's also discouraging and disappointing. The truth, oh, the truth is infinitely better. It is a source of joy 
and he brings peace and glorious expectations for the future. As I said before, it doesn't seem fair to hold that faith, that peace for ourselves, egoistically, leaving the others in their sorrows without hope. But in a world where there are still arguments about the nature of the gospel, then some people ask themselves, what, what can we do? And the answer is that we must know, not only for ourselves, but for everyone else around us, for everyone else that we can come in contact with and share that hope with. We need to know what the gospel really is and how to share it. Now, there are two extremes. On the one side, well, on one side you have the people that are all about the fire and brimstone, concentrating on hell and condemnation, and they seem to be making the gospel such a, a, a horrible, scary thing. On the other hand, there is a view borrowed from psychology, which does not even want us to use the word sin at all. It's not popular. It is not something that we should even mention. But what, is, what does the Bible have to say about the gospel? We find in Ephesians 1 what sometimes or, or frequently has been referred to as the summary of the gospel. And that's a passage we're going to be looking at today from Ephesians chapter 1 and beginning with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Oh, I understand that reading it quickly like that, that may not make a lot of sense. There is a lot packed in these sentences. So what do we draw from that? Well, we find, first of all, that the gospel is, gospel, by the way, means good news, right? And it is something, it is good news that doesn't come just from Jesus, but the Father. Many people forget that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one God. They're not three separate gods. And so we're not talking about an angry father who kills the son to just make peace with you. We see that the gospel is good news. And it's good news that proceeds from the Father through the Son, through Jesus Christ. God is not holding out on us. He has greatly blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That's what this, this statement says. And it's not this good news, this every spiritual blessing that God has blessed us with. It's not an afterthought, but it is a plan, a plan that that goes way back to the beginning. And the plan is to make us holy and blameless in Christ. So right there from those two verses, we find that the gospel is a spiritual blessing. It is in the heavenly places. It is good news of something that is not found here in this world, but it is stored for us in the heavenly places and in Christ. And that, that, that good news is, is about something glorious and amazing that has been established since the foundation of the world. And it's about our holiness and blamelessness before God. Let's go now to verse 5. 
In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Once again, the Apostle Paul packs a lot in, in just a few sentences. First of all, that we find that word, predestination, that is so argued about. But there is nothing in here that would, would even make us think about being predestined to salvation or damnation. Our human destiny, Paul says, is to be adopted as children of God. Imagine that for a moment. Adopted as children of God, children of the one who creates and sustains everything that exists, the entire universe. And it's not about being saved from the hands of a cruel God. There's no fire and brimstone in here. The adoption is an expression of the will of God and of His kindness. You see, God finds His glory in His loving grace, which He has freely granted us in Christ. So what do we find in here in verses 5 and 6? Is that the gospel is about our adoption as God's children, an adoption only possible in Jesus Christ. It is the expression of the kindness and the will of God. God is definitely not being portrayed in the gospel the way the Bible presents it. He's not portrayed as a mean, harsh, cruel God, but a very kind God and a gracious God. In fact, the gospel is about God's glorious grace that is granted to us freely in Christ. It is sad when people tell others that in order to receive the promises of the gospel, they have to jump through some strange loops and do this or do that, when God himself says that that is offered to us freely, as a free gift. But let's notice verse 7 and 8. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us. Notice that what Paul writes in here is that the gospel is about our redemption. And our redemption that is made possible through the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. What is redemption? The redemption means to regain possession, to clear a debt, to amend for sin and evil. That would be the definition of redemption. So what possession does God regain? us. He clears our debt, our debt toward him that is caused by sin and amends that sin and the evil that is in us through the sacrifice, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And if we pause and think about it for a moment, that is absolutely amazing. The God, again, the God of the whole universe, will give himself in the person of the Son for us. You see, we have all sinned. But God's plan is not to condemn us, but to redeem us, to make us free from the slavery to sin. The gospel acknowledges sin, does not ignore sin. It acknowledges sin and repentance, and it calls for repentance, because in repentance and, and our confession of sin is very important. 
But that too is God's work in us. It is about God's grace. A rich, limitless, glorious grace. A grace that is profusely, abundantly, generously given to us as a free gift in Jesus Christ. So here in these two short verses, we find that the gospel is about our redemption, our freedom from sin and its consequences. The gospel is made possible by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The good news that is represented in the gospel is made possible by the and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is about forgiveness of sin. And it's according to the awesome and amazing grace of God. A grace that is lavished on us. A grace that God finds great pleasure in extending to us. He doesn't have to be coerced. He doesn't have to be forced. He doesn't have to be convinced. But he gives it to us freely and openly. Verse 9. In all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. Paul here tells us that the gospel reveals the will of God. A will of God that used to be a mystery. But it's now made openly clear. It's being revealed in and through Jesus Christ. It shows that God has kind intentions and a good purpose for creating us. The purpose of God and the intention of God is not to zap us every time we make a mistake, but it's a kind intention. God wants what is good for us. And that's why, by the way, he hates sin. He hates sin because sin destroys us. And he hates sin because he loves us. The gospel, the good news, looks at the fullness of time. The fullness of time is when all things will be summed up in Christ. There is a time in which we will see and experience the fullness of the promises of God in Jesus Christ. And we all look so very much forward to that time. Because Jesus gives meaning to all things. Literally all things. So we find here that the gospel really reflects the will of God. It, it, it takes the will of God and makes it known to us. And that is good news. Because it's about the kind intention of God in Christ. And it is about the fullness of time. It is about all the, the, the time when all things will be in Christ and will be summed up in Christ. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be good not just for a moment, but it's going to be good forever. And at that time, when the fullness of the promises of God is going to be revealed, it's truly going to be a glorious time for all of us. Verses 11 and 12. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. So the gospel is about our inheritance, which we share with Jesus Christ. God the Father has given all things to Jesus Christ. In fact, the very glory 
that God the Father has given to God the Son, Jesus Christ. God the Son, God the Son, in, in John 17, stated very clearly, He has given to us. But, but why, I, sometimes I ask myself, why isn't that shouted in every corner of every street? Instead of proclaiming doom and gloom messages, or instead of proclaiming shallow messages that really don't make a difference, why don't we proclaim what Scripture says? That Jesus Christ, as He prayed to the Father after the Last Supper, stated clearly some absolutely amazing, read it again in John 17, it stated amazing things. One of those things is that the glory that the Father had given to Him, He has given to you and me, to us. The other thing that He stated is that the Father loves you even as the Father loves God the Son. Yeah, you heard me right. God the Father loves you just as He loves God the Son, Jesus Christ. If that is not mind-boggling, I don't know what it is, brethren. But it should be shouted everywhere. God needs to be presented for, for who He really is. A gracious God, a loving God. Notice also here that in, in Christ we already have obtained <clears throat> that inheritance. And our destiny is to enjoy that inheritance forever together with many others, not just ourselves, but together with many others. We've been given the privilege of sharing such wonderful and truly glorious news with others to bring that peace that is so longed for to others, just as the Lord has granted us to receive it. We are to be the praise of God's glory. And that's an amazing statement in by, in and by itself. That God would look to us and, and as He sees us, the glory of God is being praised in and through us, and better yet, in and through the work and the transformation that God is fulfilling and accomplishing in us as He brings about our destiny in Christ and by the Holy Spirit. So the Gospel is about the inheritance that we have in Christ. It's what we are predestined for. It is the assurance that God will work it all out and because it is His will to share all things with us. We are the first to hope in Christ, but we are not the only ones. And the privilege of being among the first to, to hope in Christ, Paul wrote, is given to us so that we can share that hope, so that we can share that peace, so that we can share the glorious news of the gospel. We are, after all, the praise of His glory. Verse 13, In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed with Him, in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view that the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. So the Gospel is the message of truth. It is not a story invented by some human. It is not an invention of a human imagination. 
It is the truth of the Word of God. And there can only be one gospel, one good news in Christ, because there is only and can only be one truth. It is the good news, the gospel, good news of our salvation. And he calls for us to believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. He leads us to being sealed by the Holy Spirit. And being sealed means, when, when you seal something, that means that something is secure. And so our salvation and our inheritance and our adoption as the children of God is made secure by the Holy Spirit that God has bestowed upon us, that lives in us, God himself in us. Our destiny in Christ, then, is secured by the Holy Spirit who is at work in us. And the Holy Spirit himself, in fact, is a pledge, a promise, writes Paul, of our inheritance. So the good news is that God is in the process of redeeming his possession, which will result in the praise of his glory. So once again, to summarize the the gospel is the message of truth. It is the good news of our salvation, the promised sealed by the Holy Spirit, an inheritance granted by the Holy Spirit, the redemption of God's own possession, all of us, and the praise of the glory of God in us. So, I hope that this this summary of the gospel that Paul wrote in the first chapter of his letter to the Ephesians helps us to, to have a clear idea of what the gospel is. You see, the gospel is truly, indeed, good news. It is not about doom and gloom. It is not about an angry God who can only be appeased by death and blood. The truth, instead, of God's mercy and God's grace. God is love and loving and giving he's the ultimate giver and the ultimate lover he who's he's the one who is willing who was willing to give himself for us in the person of God the Son Jesus Christ to make us free from sin and the consequences of sin and why would he want to redeem us to share all things with us in Christ. You see, the future promised by the gospel is a glorious future, an eternal future, in which God shares all things with us as our inheritance with Christ. But the gospel is not just a story with little connection to reality either. The gospel accounts for the reality of sin without dismissing it. It condemns sin as evil in the sacrifice of the Son of God. Sin then is presented in all its evil as opposed to the good things that the Lord has in store for us. But it is a defeated enemy, a conquered evil, because in Christ we are made free from sin. And that's not just theory. It is also in our lives as we live by faith and surrender to Him, our lives change, are transformed. And that is the message that everyone needs to hear and see modeled in us. 
So brethren, may the gospel of the living God be vividly expressed in, in you, in all of us, in, in our life, as we continue to share it and express it in everything that we do and in everything that we say. Let us be messengers of the good news. God bless you. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. What great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. I've heard a thousand stories of one thing Think you're like, but I've heard The tender whispers of loving The dead of night and you tell me That you're pleasing and I'm never alone you're a good, good father to you are, to you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you. To I am, to I am, to I am. Yeah.
Lord, thank you for choosing us. Thank you for the plans you have for us and for working all things according to the purpose of your will. As we place our hope in Christ, may our lives be for the praise of your glory. Amen. <laughs>